0: Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet writer Jessica Brody, author and entrepreneur James Clear, and speaker and sales expert Anthony Annarino. From how to write a novel, to how to change your habits, to how to be a great
1: salesperson, this episode will leave you motivated and inspired. Enjoy. Hello, this is Jessica Brody. I wrote this book because I wanted to help other authors learn how to plot their novels. I found Save the Cat early on in my writing career and it changed everything. I was a struggling novelist trying to get my first book published and I had no idea about plot. And after I found Save the Cat, I realized how to make it work and how to tell a good story. And as soon as I realized that, I felt like I had stumbled upon the secrets of the universe. And when you stumble upon the secrets of the universe, all you want to do is share them. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be surreal. I've been an audiobook fan for years. I love audiobooks, and I think that's because I'm not a very good reader. I'm sort of a slow reader, and I just prefer when people read to me. And I think audiobooks Helped me become a reader. I was always a reluctant reader as a kid, and I never really wanted to read. I never really enjoyed reading. But then, when audiobooks became such a big thing and so easily accessible, I felt like I was able to go back and discover all of these great books that I had missed as a kid and as a teenager. And now I'm an audiobook fiend. I just love them. And so, being able to go on the other side of the process and be behind the mic instead of listening to it was really surreal. I just It was sort of a bucket list thing to be able to record an audiobook after audiobooks had such a great impact in my life. I realized I had trouble pronouncing the name Bridget from Bridget Jones's Diary. This has been a favorite book of mine for years and I knew I wanted to include it in Save the Cat Writes a Novel just because I've always loved this novel, and I thought it was a perfect full triumphant story to explore. And, you know, I've been saying Bridget Jones for years when I talk about the book, but it wasn't until I got into the studio and had to keep saying Bridget, Bridget, when I was reading the beat sheet for Bridget Jones's diary, it wasn't until then that I realized that it's a weird word to say, and I kept getting caught up in the Bridget and having to, you know, enunciate it and make sure it was sounding clear. And after a while, it was just every time I said it, it sounded bizarre in my head. I'm really excited for listeners to be able to hopefully hear my personality come out in this audiobook. When you're a writer, you have to instill the words with voice and style and hope that it gets interpreted the way that you hoped it would be interpreted when you wrote it and being able to narrate the audiobook I was able to instill all those words with the exact personality that I heard them in my head as I was writing so I'm proud that I was able to get into the studio and be able to record those words and and make sure that they were being recorded the way that I heard them so I'm really excited for the readers and the listeners to be able to hear them that way and hopefully get a little sense of who I am as an author because a lot of times authors, we sort of have to hide behind our books and we don't get to come through as much in the process. So this is my way of getting into your head, quite literally. If I wasn't going to record my own audiobook, I think I would cast Juliet Stevenson. She records like all of the great classics like all of the Jane Austen books, all of the Bronte sisters. And she has all of these great accents. And when she's reading, it sounds like you're listening to a stage play with multiple different actors. That's how diverse she is. And I'm not sure she would exactly be the best fit for a a how-to-write-a-novel book, but I don't care because she's just so talented and I could listen to her for hours. And I think she would have done some of the beat sheets a little differently than me. Maybe being able to get some of those voices in would be fun. And then maybe I'd get to meet her. I don't know. So it's a little bit of a celebrity crush type of choice. The last great audiobook that I listened to is, there's so many, it's really, really hard to choose. I listen to about one a week. But the last great one was Winter by Marissa Meyer. It's the final book in the Lunar Chronicles series, and it's read by Rebecca Soler. And Rebecca reads the entire series, and she's super talented and I love hearing her tell me this story. I mean, her voice chops and Marissa's writing chops just combined to be this epic adventure.
0: Hi, this is James Clear. I wrote Atomic Habits after years of research and writing at jamesclear.com. When I started writing at jamesclear.com in November 2012, I was just writing about what fascinated me and what I was interested in. Early on, I wrote about habits and behavior change, but I also wrote about other stuff. I wrote about health and fitness, and occasionally I'd have a couple of business articles, medicine. And gradually, I realized that the articles that people were most interested in and that were doing best were the ones that were about habits and performance improvement. And so I kind of narrowed my focus and wrote more and more about that. Pretty soon, I had this body of work or this collection of ideas about habits. And that was around the time that I signed the book deal and started thinking about writing a book on that topic. But I had like 30 ideas that were under the umbrella of building better habits, but I didn't actually know how those ideas hung together. You know, when you write on a blog, you can just have separate articles on different points and they're kind of like a spider web. Each article can connect to two or three other ones and it, it doesn't have to go in any particular order. But when you write a book and discuss a topic in detail, it's more like a number line. It has to go chapter one, two, three, four. Although a reader will probably not say it specifically, I think one of the biggest benefits of this book is that it organizes all of these ideas into one cohesive framework that can be understood. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be, I'll say important. I think that audio is an important format. I have a lot of readers and listeners who ask for my articles in audio format, and so I felt like it was a really useful and critical way to spread the message of the book to reach more people. Secondly, I think it's important that I read the audiobook rather than someone else because I'm going to put emphasis on different areas. I'm going to put emphasis on the way that I wrote it in my head, the way that I was thinking through the concept. And my hope is that that would increase the clarity of the concept for the listener, that they would be able to follow along and kind of experience the content with me And so, for that reason, I think it was important to record the audiobook. While recording the audiobook, I realized that I had multiple French words in the text, which I was not really thinking at the time. But looking up words like encyclopédie and Frédéric Bastiat, I (laughs) I don't speak French. I didn't know how to speak French, so you know I'm doing the best I can with those. But I definitely had trouble pronouncing some of the phrases from other languages. I'm excited and proud of the way that I was able to narrate my own story to kick the book off. I think the introduction and chapter one are two of the most critical passages in the entire book, which is, of course, one reason why I led with both of those. But it was interesting to tell my own story, and I hope that the emphasis that I put on it and on certain aspects of it was able to clarify the topics, clarify the story, and bring it to life a little bit more, maybe, than what an outside voice actor would have brought I'm also excited about some of the later sections in the book. This book has an interesting quality, and this is just how it it came together. I didn't plan this when I started out, but I think some of the strongest chapters in the book are actually some of the chapters near the end. And I don't know how many readers will make it all the way to the end, but in particular, the last three chapters I think are very good, especially the chapter on genes. I think that the angle I took in that chapter is relatively unique uh, way of looking at it. And so I'm excited to share that with folks and hopefully they enjoy it as well. I mean, I think, of course, it would be really interesting to have Morgan Freeman narrate your audiobook. That would be a fascinating voiceover. I don't know. I will say, like, I'm glad I did it myself. Every word that's on JamesClear.com is a word that I've written. And I feel like that's important because I'm able to, like, stand behind the work more. I'll also say that I think it's important that I read the book because then I can stand behind that version as much as possible as well. I do listen to audiobooks, and I've listened to quite a few very good ones. One that comes to mind right now is called The Lessons of History, and that's by Will and Ariel Durant. They're a husband-wife-couple combo of uh, historians, and they had spent their entire career studying many different aspects of history, but especially kind of the broad patterns of history. And this book, Lessons of History, is sort of their summary When looking across hundreds of years or thousands of years, what can we say about the common themes that arise again and again within the human race? I found it fascinating. It's also a very quick listen. You can probably finish it in an hour or maybe two. For someone like myself who writes about habits and human behavior and kind of the unchanging principles of how humans function and what we can learn from that. I really appreciated their 40, 50-plus years of work and what they felt like they had learned about human nature. So, Lessons of History is a good one.
2: This is Anthony Anarino. The reason I wrote the book, Eat Their Lunch, Winning Customers Away from Your Competitors, is that when I surveyed the landscape on books that would help salespeople produce the results that they need to produce now, There was an enormous gap when it comes to competitive displacements or taking customers away from your competition. And because so many salespeople think that they have to focus on their competitor's strategy or their pricing or the way that they do business, what it turns out is that that isn't really all that helpful. And the way that you really win and take customers away from your competitors is by going and learning about them and sharing with them things that make a difference for them and creating greater value. There's a popular book called Blue Ocean Strategy, and the idea is that you find a way to be so innovative that you literally create a business where there is no competitors. And the examples that most people are aware of are things like Uber, which disintermediated the taxi industry and the black car industry, and Airbnb that disintermediated the Hyatt and the Marriott. So we're aware of these things. But they have the space where they play where there is no competition. And the idea of a red ocean is exactly the opposite. It's a place where there is a lot of competition, where it's very difficult to differentiate, where the real value created is when you can come in and do something better or in a new and a differentiated way, even though you're going to have a lot of competitors and it's a much more aggressive place to play. So, Eat Their Lunch is about how you live, thrive, and survive in the red ocean, because for most of us, we'll never see a blue ocean. If I had to describe my experience recording the audiobook in one word, it would be necessary. And I say necessary because it is one of the more difficult things that you can ever do. And so many of my friends and family members and people who read the books They always think that it's easy where you just open a book and you sit down and start reading, but you've got headphones on, you're in an isolation booth, you have a director. And some of the words that you could say in a normal conversation when you're reading them, they don't come out right. But I know while I'm recording this that there are people that are counting on me to give them this recording because they work in business or they work in sales. They're managers. They're getting on airplanes. They're riding around in cars. And they tell me all the time, You read me all my books. I want you to read the book out loud to me like a bedtime story. So it's necessary because I have to serve them, but man is it much harder than you think it is. Some of the words that are difficult to pronounce, I can pronounce now because I'm not reading it out loud, but I tried levity eight times before I could say the word levity, and I tried ledivy, and there were a whole bunch of mistakes. It's a very simple word, and you're reading it on a page, but for some reason, it doesn't come out right. It's a very difficult process. I'm excited for people to hear the first two chapters specifically because I think that they're going to get a lens that they didn't understand or didn't have knowledge of before this book. And that is a couple things. One, there are different levels of value that differentiate you when you're trying to sell something or when you're trying to help other people. And no one has ever laid out that structure for people to look at it and say, what are we really trying to do? What are the outcomes we're really trying to help? Is it just transactional or are we trying to be more strategic? And then the idea about capturing mindshare. And everybody who's read an early copy of the book has been struck by my idea that their client or customer is looking at the world through a certain lens and that it's your job to push that lens out of the way and give them a new sharper lens – so they can get an understanding of the better choices that are available to them. But that metaphor seems to have resonated with people, and I can't wait for people to listen to the audiobook and start thinking about how they shift that lens out. If I wasn't reading this book, I would go to John Malkovich. I think John Malkovich is one of those interesting characters. Listening to him read this would make me excited. I listen to audiobooks just about every day, and the reason I like audiobooks so much, and especially now with Kindle and an audiobook together, you can switch back and forth between the written word and the audio when WhisperSync works, which it always does. You can be reading something and then get in the car and take the audiobook with you, or get in the shower, or go for a run, and you always have your book with you. So I'm either reading or listening or both. My favorite audiobook that I go back to again and again is Anti-Fragile by Nassim Nicholas Taleb. I like this one, and I keep coming back to it because it's such a useful way of thinking about your life. Instead of being fragile, easily broken, or even resilient, not harmed by things that might harm you, to be anti-fragile, to actually benefit from stress. I had a brain surgery when I was 25 years old, And after that brain surgery, I went through something that I call post-traumatic growth syndrome. So I felt like, okay, I lost a piece of my brain, so now I have to work extra hard to do something with the brain that I have left. And I think that there's adversity, and adversity gives us a chance to get closer to reaching our full potential when we recognize it as such. And antifragile is a really, really good model for understanding how you think about adversity and stressors in a positive way that can actually make you stronger and you can benefit from them. So I'll just give you the quick rundown. Phoenix rises, so Phoenix is robust or resilient. But the hydra, when you cut off one of its heads, grows the second head. The more you try to damage it, the stronger it gets. And I think it's a great metaphor for how to live.
0: This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House
2: Audio. Thank you for listening.